Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, a byproduct of the abrupt switch to online learning as COVID-19 took hold was more digital surveillance of students. As kids' academic lives moved online, so too did tools for making sure students were staying on task and completing assignments. But now that schools have opened back up for in-person learning, the apps have not gone away. And some districts have even expanded their reach, raising privacy and equity concerns and questions about the impact of this level of monitoring on students. We'll learn more after this news. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. New research by the DC-based Center for Democracy and Learning finds more than 80% of teachers report using some form of surveillance technology to monitor students online. The pandemic-driven switch to remote learning ushered in these tools. As schools deployed laptops, teachers needed some way to track students' work, or in this case, their screens. But now that schools are back in person, it's looking like the digital surveillance is here to stay. And this hour, we want to know how you, students, parents, teachers, how you feel about that. Joining me first is Priya Anand, a tech reporter for Bloomberg, who recently took a closer look at how schools are using the surveillance tech. Priya, thanks so much for joining us on Forum. Thanks for having me. So give us the names of some of this digital monitoring software that's out there that schools have deployed and the range of things that the software can do. There are a couple of companies in the space. One of the biggest is GoGuardian. There's another called Securely, another called Bark Technologies, and one named Gaggle. And these companies basically monitor students' online activity. Um, so for schools, uh, the 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 reason they sign up for this stuff is they've given their kids computers and they want to be able to see what's going on on those computers now and make sure that kids who are in class aren't just spending the whole day on Netflix or a gaming site. Right. So they can track when students are logging on to applications or maybe even not allow certain applications to be available. Uh, but some can even look at students' screens in real time, meaning the things that they're typing into it and even take control of the screens if needed. That's right. And actually, they can even they can close out of windows. So if a teacher sees um, during class that a kid has opened something up that's not 
an assignment not related to their class. They can X out of it. They can also, one teacher told me that she likes to type um, funny things into open up a new tab and type funny things into the URL, um, like go do your work.com. Uh, so a kid knows that, you know, she's saying like, Hey, I catch you. I'm catching you doing this thing that you're not supposed to be doing right now in study hall. You should be doing your work. You're playing a game, go back to your thing. Um, of school is for school related stuff. So um, teachers have devised different ways to use this kind of technology. And so administrators can see, you know, searches, things that are being typed into a Google doc, for example. Um, one thing I learned is that kids these days are apparently chatting with each other through Google docs, um, just typing in text and then deleting it to one another. Uh, and they can see that too. So what you're describing is actually how it's being used in schools in person, because I get why it was useful with virtual learning. But now that schools are back in session, it's really staying put like this? Yeah, and actually for some teachers, it's more useful when school is in session because then they can actually control what's going on on a kid's screen when they're getting into class, right? Um, some teachers told me that during the pandemic, they didn't block kids from using certain websites during class because they didn't assign kids to, not every school said, you know, you've got math class at 10 a.m., so you got to log into your math class at 10 a.m. Um, some schools decided to give kids assignments and let them complete them on their own time. So in that scenario, um, a math teacher I spoke with said, you know, we didn't want to block YouTube, which we would normally do during class, because if a kid needs it for Spanish class or French class or another language course they're taking, um, and they need to watch videos. We don't want them to not be able to complete that assignment because we're worried they're going to, you know, get distracted instead of doing their math homework. Huh. How many students would you estimate are subject to this kind of technology, GoGuardian, Securely, Gaggle? GoGuardian alone told us when we were reporting the story that their potential reach is more than 23 million students. Now we say potential, um, that's a very large number of students, right? We say potential because uh, entire states are signing up for GoGuardian software. Delaware, for example, the Department of Education there signed a contract that would offer it to all schools in their state. So that gives GoGuardian a larger potential reach. Now schools can individually decide whether or not they want to use it. Um, but that's that's quite a large number of students nationwide. But entire state education departments, as you say, have, have signed on. Well, I want to bring a student into this conversation, a sophomore at Berkeley High School, Elliot Hertenstein. Elliot, thanks so much for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. How does it make you feel knowing that your teachers and administrators are watching your screens, everything that you're doing on them. And essentially, as I understand it, they can do this anytime you're connected to the school's Wi-Fi. What does that bring up? Yeah, I don't think it feels good. I mean, I don't like having to worry, especially on school and also off of school, because this is installed on personal computers, at least in Chrome, uh, about I don't want to worry about what the district is seeing and worry about if the research that I'm doing might have myself placed on some sort of list by the district. Or, and I'm also just concerned about, you know, what activity can be punished and what can't be punished. And the district says that they're not going to monitor what's happening on students' personal computers, but the extension still shows up. And it's kind of like having, you know, the district installing a security camera in my bedroom and saying it's off all the time. No matter what happens, I really just don't want the camera there in the first place. You talked with other students, too, and it didn't sound like your feel that you were alone in the way that you felt and that some 
felt like they they couldn't really be themselves, like share their true thoughts or ideas. Did you hear that a lot in terms of just feeling like this this loss of of a safe or private space? Yeah, I think that was something that came up a lot. I mean, again, it's just this idea that the district and also a third party company, which has their own motives, it can see everything that you're doing. It, it just kind of the idea that you're constantly being surveilled isn't healthy for you know, being able to explore your own interests and maybe look up stuff that the district doesn't want you looking up or your parents looking up. Hmm. Uh, I, I think there were issues last year with uh, the district saying parents were going to have access to students' browsing history. And that just brings up issues of LGBTQ students, maybe, or students who are questioning their faith, trying to do their own research, research and having their parents' ideas and motives hanging over them. So this is basically the the school district having the power to allow parents to also do this kind of looking at screens and so on um, on school devices uh, when you are at home. And that brought up a lot of issues for students. It sounds like they've kind of towed a middle line here where their parents are able to block sites and disable the internet, for example. But, but the fact that it was a controversy sort of illuminates the things that you're talking about in terms of students' discomfort. One thing I do want to ask you is, in Priya's reporting, some of the adults talked about how school kids already turn over so much personal data to like TikTok or Instagram or other social media companies, and that, uh, that you're already being tracked and willing to be tracked in this way. Why is being tracked at school when you're supposed to be learning different? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main issues there is that a lot of kids actually don't understand how much they're being tracked. Uh, I'm a decently privacy-centered centered person, so I try to look at the terms and descriptions of uh, all of the services that I sign up for. But for GoGuardian and also for TikTok and YouTube and Google, you know, a lot of kids don't understand how much of their data is being sold online or who can access it. And so I think one of the solutions here is just to educate students more about you know, where their data is going and also how to be safe online in the first place instead of just placing a blanket monitoring on their computers. Do you feel like your school or the district has been transparent about the their tracking and the extent to which they use this software? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I think I've received in total two emails about this from the district. And a lot of the kids I talked to about this had no idea that the software was even installed and didn't know what the district could do or was doing in the first place. And again, that's just an issue because, you know, kids should have the right, even if the district is tracking them, to know that they're being tracked in the first place. And I should note that we did invite the district to join the conversation, uh, but they declined. How did parents that you spoke to about this for your piece in the school paper, how did, how did they respond to this idea of, A, the tools that the school, the district was potentially thinking about allowing parents to have in terms of tracking what you're doing on your school devices um, and just generally, you know, the importance of being able to see what you're doing on your screen. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of parents really like kind of this no setup way to see what their kids are doing. Uh, at least for me personally, my parents kind of know that there are workarounds to this, like using a phone or using a different browser. And so they kind of prioritize communication about internet safety as opposed to trying to monitor everything I do. Hmm. But I think parents need to find a compromise between having every, access to everything that their kids are doing and also 
just communicating with their kids about, you know, what they can see and what is right to do online. Because at least for me, I've spoken to a lot of kids who uh, haven't had any communication with their parents about this at all, which is dangerous because the internet is a dangerous place. And a lot of kids just don't know how dangerous it can be. Have you or students you know tried to disable GoGuardian <laughs> when you're when you're at school? Uh, I don't know if they have or not. I have personally not tried very hard to disable it. I don't think that it's possible, at least on school computers. But uh, I know that there are workarounds on personal computers and again on your phone, and that also just brings up issues of kind of equality. You know, a lot of kids are assigned personal computers by the district and others haven't. And I think that just brings up who is kind of subjected to the most surveillance here. Uh, that's an interesting question. So you're saying that kids who have who can who have families that can afford personal devices are less likely to be tracked or have a little bit more of a space where they can have privacy safeguards. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting, there are actually quite a few um, YouTube videos and TikToks that have been showing how to disable surveillance technologies. And we can play a little bit of that going into the break. But before we do, I wanna say thank you to you, Elliot Hurtenson, for coming on and sharing your thoughts on this. I know that we pulled you out of class for it, so we really appreciate it. No, I'm happy to be here, thank you so much. Elliot Hurtenstein, a sophomore at Berkeley High School. Also, we're talking with Priya Anand, a reporter for Bloomberg News. We're talking about school surveillance technologies, how they monitor students, and why so many schools have adopted them. And we want to hear from you. How do you feel about it? You can call us at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Meantime, while some parents like it, some students don't, we leave, we, we go into the break with a little video of, a uh, little audio of, of somebody explaining how to disable GoGuardian. Here we go. Hi guys, so this is how I'm gonna show you how to get remove GoGuardian. I wouldn't say remove, but so you can get on any website. So just follow along. Oh, and by the way, it'll disable GoGuardian too. Pretty much, that's what it's doing too. But you cannot get rid of it though. Have fun, enjoy. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. 
We're talking about the transition in digital surveillance of school kids that really took off during the pandemic with Priya Anand, a reporter for Bloomberg News. And your listeners are invited to join the conversation with your thoughts. Does your school or your kid's school use surveillance technology like GoGuardian, Gaggle, or any other kind? Do you see benefits to this? Do you have concerns about it? 866-733-6786 is the number to call. 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. You can email us, forum at kqed.org. And we've already got some calls coming in. And let me go to Scott in Belmont. Hi, Scott. Hi, Mina. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Yeah, so I've got a kid in seventh grade uh, here on the San Francisco Peninsula. He's uh, an ADHD kid, so he has a really hard time controlling his attention. And so first off, I'd rather the school not give all the kids all computers and expect them to get work done all day on them. Um, Because we've got the smartest people in the world in Silicon Valley getting paid tons of money to capture people's attention. And then we put these devices in front of kids and expect them to um, not surf the Internet, play games, watch videos. Um, No, expect to do their work. I I just don't even see how that's fair. So anyways, uh, I'm in I'm fine with teachers using software at my uh, my son's school. They use GoGuardian. And uh, I, I think if that wasn't being done, my, my kid would play on the Internet the whole school day. He wouldn't get anything done. So big proponent. I'd actually like to figure out how to get the software here at home so we can monitor his homework because we're having a hard time keeping him off the Internet at home, too. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for sharing that perspective. And Priya Anand, it really is something that you found as well, that, that schools and districts were saying to you that, that parents were asking for for more for their ability to use it as well that's right i mean success academy in new york told us that they hear they certainly hear more inquiries from parents about getting more internet filtering not less so you know we understand you know we definitely heard that perspective from a number of parents i spoke with parents at pekin high school pekin community high school which is just outside of peoria illinois and they said you know we expect that you know, if it's a school computer, um, kids need to be responsible on it. And when our kids are at home, some parents said, you know, they have different rules for internet usage at home. So um, that's certainly a perspective we heard. And I referenced at the top the survey by the Center for Democracy and Technology that found that even half of students say they're comfortable with schools using monitoring software. A quarter, I think, reported feeling uncomfortable with the idea. But were you surprised at all that that half of kids were fine with it? Priya. You know, I I do think that kids, some kids view it as it's a school device. Um, so the school will want to control what's happening on it. But I think as Elliot brought up earlier, one other issue that I I chatted with the folks at Beacon about, with the principal about is students also have cell phones these days, right? And they can do a Google search for whatever they wish to do a Google search for on their cell phone in the bathroom during the school day. So on one end, um, there's this idea that you know, they're being persistently watched on certain devices while they're logged into their school accounts. And then on the other end, you know, how much 
are these surveillance technologies really capturing when many students do have personal devices like cell phones where they could be searching for whatever they wish that they you know, know that then the school will not see? And Elliot, of course, underscored some of the equity issues that that brings up. Could you just also help me understand how it is that these surveillance con- technologies or the monitoring can extend to personal devices at home that are not necessarily school devices? GoGuardian offers schools the option of turning this on. And I, I've got to say that you know, Pekin Community High School, which I visited, said that they don't turn this feature on that allows um, tracking on home computers or personal devices. They say their their job ends at the school adve- at the school device. But there is a feature that schools can opt to turn on. And GoGuardian will not would not tell us for the story how many schools have turned it on. Um, where basically, if a kid is logged in to their school account on a Chrome browser, um, it can track the extension that GoGuardian has can track what's going on there. So. Schools can choose whether or not to turn it on. And what we don't have a clear sense of is how many schools that are under, you know, GoGuardian use um, in contract with them have actually turned this on. So it's unclear where the monitoring starts and ends. Yes. But as you're saying, basically, if somebody logs into a school account from their personal device, even if they're at home, there is a feature that allows the schools um, to see what is going on on those computers. And there have been times when schools have found things like applications for unemployment insurance or various other personal devices that the students themselves, personal uh, documents, the students themselves would not be doing, but possibly their parents or other people would be doing because because it's a shared device at home, right? That's right. At Pekin Community High School, the administrator there who handles technology told me that during the pandemic, she certainly saw unemployment forms being filled out and bills being paid on school devices, um, thanks to GoGuardian, which does seem to indicate that if a parent was using their kid's Uh, their students' Chromebook, their school Chromebook, that perhaps that's the only device at home. Well, Jim writes, if you're using a corporate or school computer, you should just assume that anything you can do on it can be tracked or viewed. If you want complete privacy, use your own device. Though, as we just underscored a little bit ago, there are ways where even if you're using your own device, if you log into a school account, there can be extensions and things that can allow the school districts to see what you are doing. Um, We've got some more calls coming in. Let me go to Sal in Oxnard. Hi, Sal. Join us. Hi. How are you guys? I'm well. That's good. I was just, um, I chimed in listening halfway through, but um, I think it's a great idea um, as far as not tracking per se, because I think that word is just like an ugly word. But I think for parents, not just not just for the school, but mostly for the parents to be able to see like, hey, like this is your kid's browsing history, whether they're searching, um, like I'm an LGBT person and back in high school, back 2000, 2001, like it was such a big thing. But looking things up, like if my mom or dad would have come to me and said hey like I noticed you searching for this like is there anything you want to talk about I understand that not every child has a parent that may be understanding or if somebody is being bullied like I was tormented in school Mm -hmm. and if parents could see like hey I see that 
you were saying X, Y, and Z on Twitter or Facebook, like what's going on at school? So I think it could be a useful tool to connect with your child and vice versa and just have the lines of communication open between your student or like in my case, like with my nieces and just talk to someone that is an adult, whether it's your uncle, your aunt, or your parents. Michelle, thanks for sharing your experience. I really appreciate it. And also your perspective on, on why you think, um, why you think this is in some ways overall beneficial, especially as a way to try to address bullying. Do you worry about what uh, Elliot Hertenstein was mentioning earlier? I don't know if you caught this, but that that he was worried about kids potentially being outed by this tech? I did. I caught a little bit of it. And I kind of, I agree, but then I don't fully agree with it just being like you can't it shouldn't be something that is completely blocked but if somebody is i it's it's hard to say because it's, it's such a different day and age yeah. from when i experienced coming out to now everything is so much more different but again it I, it's just for me it's just situational like i don't yeah, and, in and you see way, just but that's just me. But yeah, and you see the benefits too. So, well, Sal, thanks. Yeah, I see more of the benefits. Yeah, and listeners, if you want to join the conversation as well, eight six six seven three three six seven eight six is the number. Eight six six seven three three six seven eight six. Email us forum at kqed dot org. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at kqed forum. Joining me now is Josh Davis, an instructional technology coach for Downey Unified School District in Southern California. Josh Davis, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. So interestingly, your district did not use technology like GoGuardian during the pandemic, but adopted it once kids got back to school. Can you tell us how you use it, what you find to be the main benefits of GoGuardian? Sure. Um, yeah, we actually used it before the pandemic, turned it off during when the kids were at home. And now oh. that we're back in, and now that we're back. We turned it off we're... when the kids were at home. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and mostly for the same kind of privacy reasons that we've talked about um, already that um, when the kids were at home, it was we knew that a lot of parents were using the devices, you know, during the day and things like that as well. So that was kind of their time. But in class, um, the teachers like to have it. Uh, I will have to say that it's interesting that a lot of teachers don't use it actively in terms of sitting there watching and monitoring. Um, for a lot of teachers, it's kind of the fallback that, hey, I heard a kid was doing something they shouldn't. Let me go back and check what they were doing during class when they should have been doing whatever it was. So for a lot of people, it's a, a safety net, right? I have it if I need it, but I hopefully won't have to use it. Well, can I get your reaction to Jennifer who writes, I'd rather have honest communication with my kids than have to use surveillance. I'd rather have the kid, the school teach safety on the internet than have to watch computer usage. I know some would say this is naive and it might be, but I would rather use, I'd rather these be my goals as opposed to surveillance being the solution. Lead with trust. What do you think of what Jennifer has to say, Josh? Yeah, so we do a big um, cyber safety and digital citizenship um, lesson it's not even a lesson it's a week-long thing in our district and we repeat it throughout the year um and we've really stepped up how much we do that now prior to the pandemic we had class computers now every kid has a device and so we've made a big push that 
Um, digital citizenship and cyber safety and how to be safe on the internet is really important. We've really stepped up kind of uh, what we do with the kids and letting them understand that what you say and do follows you on the internet. And so um, that is our lead. Um, and we kind of use the the Go Guardian and the other programs that we have as a fallback that if we need it, it's there. Hopefully we don't have to use it, um, but it's there if we do need it. So. So Priya, one of the things that we're hearing a lot about with regard to the way that schools are trying to strike this middle line is that they're trying to educate students about internet safety while at the same time using these kinds of tools to make sure that they aren't doing things that are um, that are unsafe or could suggest potentially troubling things. While we've had quite a few parents, we've quite had Josh as well, talking about the benefits of this technology, did you come across adults, parents who don't feel too great about it. Maybe some even like listener Jennifer who commented on wanting there to be less surveillance and more emphasis on safety. Yes, in Montclair, New Jersey, there was a, a bit of pushback when the district, the public school district there announced that they were piloting GoGuardian. And I spoke with a parent who has several kids in the school district there. And he said, look, when I was a teenager, um, you wanted to close your door. You wanted a little bit of space to yourself. You didn't want to necessarily be continuously watched. And his concern was during the pandemic, when so much of life was turned completely upside down, kids' lives were completely upended, not being able to go to school, not being able to see their friends in real life. Um, and all communication for them moved online and socializing moved online watching them 24 seven with these kinds of tools didn't sit well with him. Um, he worried that, you know, will kids be able to have intimate conversations with their friends when all socializing is online if they're being watched this way? And I thought that was an interesting concern. Yeah, and in addition to parents, there were some privacy groups who raised issues and even some members of Congress. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, Senators Elizabeth Warren, Ed Markey, and Blumenthal all sent a letter to a handful of these companies, including GoGuardian, which is the company that my story focused on. Um, and they had asked, you know, can you please explain how this technology works better? And they said that they were worried, and I, I want to quote them here, that this technology quote, may instead be surveilling students inappropriately, compounding racial disparities in school discipline and draining resources from more effective student supports. Um, they also said that they were worried that this kind of technology extends beyond where federal laws go in terms of protecting children from online exploitation and abuse. Um, so, you know, privacy groups have also um, aired concerns about this kind of technology, partly because there isn't a huge body of independent research at this point on how much this kind of surveillance technology actually improves learning or the school experience or outcomes for children. And did the senators get a response from these companies about how they use the technology? Or I have not yet seen a public release of their responses. Um, I will certainly be interested in reading those when we have them. 
Well, this listener writes, my son's school district uses securely, and because of it, we found out he was having suicidal thoughts, and we were able to get him help and counseling. I wholeheartedly support this technology. I'm so glad to hear that 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 happened for this listener. Interestingly, it's also, it sounds like from your reporting, Priya, the way that companies like GoGuardian and Gaggle will explain just the value of this level of surveillance. What what do they say about their technology's ability to do things like this? That's right. These companies pitch themselves as tools that can help find students who might be falling through the cracks, whose mental health might be slipping. Um, and administrators we spoke with at several schools, um, the school I visited in Pekin, Illinois, for example, said, you know, if we have one kid who so we fought, we catch who might be slipping through the cracks and needs some help, um, we view this as worthwhile. And they shared several examples where they were able to, you know, chat with a student's family and get a student help. Um, so the company really also, GoGuardian, hangs its hat on these kinds of anecdotes. And GoGuardian has something called Beacon. Can you just describe what Beacon does? It's basically um, an alert system that if if it flags something that might be concerning that a student maybe types into a Google Doc or searches, whether um, whether it's you know in any of those methods, um, it catches things like bullying. It catches. Uh, things related to self-harm, and it will alert administrators or guidance counselors. The school can set up how they want to do that kind of triage um, so the school can then take action. And in some cases, GoGuardian is helping to review those alerts itself. They have a safety team, and a school can sign up for some help reviewing those alerts if they wish. Oh, so the company would go through all of that data if schools don't have the staff capacity to, to go through it themselves, essentially. That's right. The company has told us that some schools um, have asked for for them to take on that responsibility. But the way GoGuardian views it is, you know, they have um, their team, which varies in size based on how many folks they need, they said. Um, And this team will look at the alerts, try to understand, is this a false alarm? Is a kid searching for something that maybe they're researching for um, health class or is this something that we should take more seriously. And they'll go through the browsing history and things like that to determine um, how serious it is. And then they'll get in touch with the school and the school takes any further action. We're talking with Priya Ananda, reporter for Bloomberg News, and Josh Davis, an instructional technology coach for Downey Unified School District. We're talking about school surveillance technologies, their benefits, concerns that are around them. And uh, we want to hear more from you, our listeners, after the break. Stay with us. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking with Priya Anand, a reporter for Bloomberg News, and Josh Davis, an instructional technology coach for Downey Unified School District, about how they use surveillance technology, how schools use it, technology like GoGuardian, Gaggle. Do you know if your school does, and do you have questions about it? Do you see the benefits of this technology? Do you have any concerns about its implications for privacy or equity or other things? You can call us at 866-733-6786 with your questions or comments, 866-733-6786. You can email us, forum at kqed.org, or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. Josh Davis, I want to ask you on this question about the benefits of this technology potentially for for catching kids who might be considering self-harm or harm to others. You use GoGuardian at Downey. Do you use Beacon, this system that uh, Priya described that flags violent or problematic search content and so on? Yeah, we haven't enabled that one yet. We've been looking into it, whether it's um, something we're comfortable using or not. my district's very concerned with privacy issues and making sure that while we do everything we can to protect students, we also respect their privacy. And so it's kind of beacons kind of that fine line for a lot of districts where um, we want to keep them safe and make sure we're providing the help. I, I will have to say that post pandemic, um, we've seen a big rise in um, social emotional issues with students. And this has kind of been the talking point of why we've looked into maybe using it more and, and being able to kind of catch some of those issues that we know are there that kids may not be willing to speak up about, but could still use help with. Oh, so you're starting to have conversations about whether or not you should adopt a technology like Beacon. Yeah, that's that's been the question is, do we want to use this? Do we want to use something to kind of catch some of those kids that are are having a hard time right now that maybe hadn't been before um and the pandemic's been a it's been a weird one for a lot of kids on on their social emotional state of being absolutely is this being largely driven by parents and parents asking for this or is it more teachers and school officials who have really initiated this conversation around whether to adopt this kind of technology? I think a lot of the, I don't think it comes from a lot of parents in the sense that I don't think a lot of them know that it exists, Uh, Um, but a lot of it comes from like school psychologists and counselors who are just seeing a lot more issues than we'd seen in the past and trying to find some way to help catch some of the issues that we're missing. We know we've missed some, we've had some um, problem, some issues this year and, um, and trying to find something to help that. And, and I think a lot of the conversation comes from our counselors and our psychs that are seeing, that are, that are helping with these issues, but saying, hey, we can't keep up. There's, there's too many, and we know we're missing kids. How do we catch the ones that are falling through the cracks? Well, let me go to caller Guillermo in Oakland next. Hi, Guillermo. Hey, hi. Thank you for taking my phone call. Actually, you kind of answered my question already about the safety of the technology in terms of monitoring a mass massacre, like some kids might be out of their mind or depressed and they will come up and start doing a shooting. If this is the technology they are using to prevent 
an event that we are frequently seeing now, unfortunately, this has happened everywhere in our nation, is this, this technology prevents, then I'm okay with it because I read it. Sorry, I rather have a kid, my nieces or my nephews, been monitored for something like that to being crying up and have them buried under six feet. Of course, Guillermo, thank you. And yes, it is a real concern and fear. Let me go to Spencer in Santa Rosa next. Hi, Spencer. What are your thoughts? Um, I am of the opinion that we all should be entitled to our digital anonymity. Um, and teaching our kids to give away their privacy rather than rather than to expect it uh, and demand it is something that I'm concerned about. And also it feels to me that trusting in a, a computer program or some large faceless uh, company or program to basically backstop good parenting or good teaching and, and active listening and really trying to figure these things out just seems to be uh, a cheapening or passing the buck on on something that is very important and should be taken seriously. So that that's my thoughts, and I'll take that off the air. Thank you, guys. Uh, Spencer, thanks. Thanks for weighing in on that. Priya, one of the things that has come up with regard to trying to balance um, privacy with trying to keep kids safe, say, as Guillermo brought up with regard to the potential help that it could do in preventing school shootings or preventing kids from from harm either to themselves or to others. What is the general conversation about the effectiveness of this kind of technology in accomplishing those things? Well, Priya? some critics... Some critics have said that the technology is basically a black box, that the algorithm is, you know, not shared publicly as, you know, private companies generally don't share their technology publicly or the algorithms and how they work. Um, and so some have said, you know, there should be some public involvement in what the software is doing. Um, for our story, we spoke with the former president of the American Association of Suicidology, and he actually um, is among the group of people that GoGuardian had reached out to when they were figuring out how to develop Beacon. And he has researched some of these issues in the past and shared his research with them. And, um, you know, he feels there should be public involvement in what the software is doing. Um, and others have have questioned whether, you know, the lack of empirical research, broad research on the efficacy of this technology uh, justify its use as well. Josh Davis, does the the lack of, say, empirical evidence that this helps prevent uh, issues like like violence, for example, um, in different forms, does that play any role in your district's decision to not yet adopt technology like this? Or, or where is the hesitation, for example? Yeah, for us, it's just um, trying to find that balance between privacy and safety. And so um, currently, we don't generally use GoGuardian when kids aren't on campus. We have it set so it only monitors on campus. And if to really use Beacon and those programs properly, you're going to want to monitor everything they do, whether it's in school or out of school. And so for us, we're not at the point where we're um, using it off campus and at home. So it it would kind of uh, defeat the purpose of, hey, we're not going to 
monitor you at home and at, if we're going to turn that part on. So there's that balance between if we're trying to only use it on campus, then it doesn't do much good because for the most part, the kids are going to do those kind of searches probably at home. They're probably going to search them not at school. So that's been our point so far. Catherine writes, as a parent, I believe that schools have to do this. And if they don't, they would be legally liable. If a school gave my child a device that had no controls on it, I would have a huge problem with that. I wouldn't give my child a personal device without any controls on it to protect my child from accessing content that would be harmful and potentially do lasting damage. Have you heard that perspective, Priya, in your reporting? We certainly have heard, I spoke with parents in Pekin, Illinois, when I visited that school and, and, you know, most of the parents I spoke with there said, we expect that our kids should be monitored when they're using different kinds of technology. One parent told me, you know, at home, I know that my daughter knows that she needs to be responsible on the internet as well. Um, and, you know, largely parents there didn't seem to have any issue with GoGuardian's use at school. Well, Kyla writes, is there any risk the presence of this tracking software is giving parents an unrealistic view that their child's computer access is totally safe? Has this actually been proven to effectively keep dangerous content away from children? Is this making parents think they don't need to teach their kids internet literacy? Uh, what do you think about that, Priya? I think on that question, this is what we don't yet know, right? I mean, this is why some critics have said there's not enough research on the efficacy of this kind of technology and whether or not it actually works. And, you know, GoGuardian, for example, told us that, you know, every anecdote they collect about an individual student who a school district was able to, you know, catch as they were maybe slipping through the cracks in terms of their mental health um, and maybe need more support is an example that proves that their technology, you know, that's the research that they feel um, shows their efficacy. But there isn't a, a broad swath of independent research at this point to be able to answer those questions. Josh Davis, what do you think? Do you think that knowing that the schools are so vigilant has made parents a little more lax about whether or not they should make sure that they're checking what their kids are doing online? I mean, I think most of our parents have an expectation that we monitor student devices from school. I think that most of them don't expect us to, to monitor personal devices. And I think a lot of our parents um, are pretty good about monitoring those. Um, but I, I don't know that it's made them relax. I do know they expect us to kind of teach the digital citizenship. And we've made a big point to cover that with our kids and, and teach them what's what's important with it. Um, but I think in our district, at least, we have a pretty good partnership with our parents. And I think that they uh, are ha happy with what we're doing. But I think they're, they're our partners. And we try and make that a, a key point with our parents. I know that Downey, it sounds like, has has tried to, to do this balance and has not deployed all the kinds of um surveillance features uh, that go guardian allows are you ever uncomfortable with the fact that you can though if you chose to that that the schools and administrators really have the power to determine it yeah i mean there is some of that it's interesting that once we rolled it out um and and teachers had the ability to say monitor what a kid is doing on their device in class um it was interesting how few teachers actually used it to actively monitor. Um, it, it became this kind of thing like, hey, I have it if I need it, but I hopefully I won't need it. And it was also interesting that with the, a lot of our students, it became, hey, my teacher might be checking, so I better not do it. It 
it was just kind of this weird thing that when we knew it was there, it improved kind of the behaviors that we were hoping to improve um, without having to use it. And that was really helpful, actually. Let me go to Kevin in Barstow. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Um, I was wondering, do parents and students, like, or do you notify them that they're a part of this program? Can the parents opt out of the program? Because while I'm sure the school and Go Guardian have good intentions, a malicious, a malicious actor would want to steal that data for themselves. So I just want to know if you know students are aware that they're going to be monitored, or parents aware that their students are going to be monitored and such. Uh, Kevin, thanks. Josh Davis, let me go to you on that. How does Downey deal with that? Is there even an opt out given the fact that it's so integrated into student learning? Yeah, it, there's not an opt out for us. And we notify them it, every year kids sign a uh, acceptable use agreement of what is acceptable use for technology in school. And it's part of that. Um, so they that's kind of where where how we notify them. Um, there isn't an opt out. Um, but and at this point, we haven't had anybody even asked to opt out. So it hasn't been an issue for us at this point. Again, Josh Davis is an instructional technology coach for Downey Unified School District. Priya Anand is a reporter for Bloomberg News, and you're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. I was struck, Priya, in your reporting that you did have a teacher say that they explained it, to, that um, you did have a parent say that teachers and administrators explained the technology to them, but they found it really confusing. Yeah, in Montclair, one of the parents I spoke with, Montclair, New Jersey, said that he felt that the explanation from the district was very, we're using this because lots of other schools use it. And that was unsatisfying for him. And, um, you know, part of their notice to parents did include a line about how neighboring school districts were using the technology. And that parent in particular felt, you know, no one had satisfyingly explained what the technology could do, what it couldn't do, where the monitoring started, where the monitoring ended. And um, he felt that there wasn't enough evidence in particular on any of the claims that the company was making about what it could and could not do provided to parents. Well, let me bring Niku in San Francisco in. Hi, Niku. Hi, uh, you can hear me? Yep. Go right ahead. Hi, yeah. Um, I had a point I was going to make, but I just, as I was just listening uh, to the conversation a couple of minutes ago, I was sort of struck by the concern that, you know, that many of the adults are expressing about safety of children and the potential for harm. And it just, the uh, irony strikes me that it's the adults in this country whose, um, you know, kind of flagrant misuse of of technology, social media is bringing us to the brink of kind of political disaster. Um, so just wanted to make that that note. Um, and count me as a parent who finds these kinds of technologies really abhorrent and, and really, frankly, dangerous and frightening. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, we don't talk enough about how the education system is really a site of social reproduction in that it wants to produce um, young people um, in certain ways, with certain ways of thinking and certain ways of being. And I just find it really concerning that mm. there's not enough discussion um, about how these technologies, as the gentleman who's a technologist in Downey was just talking about, these technologies are meant to really um, put up massive guardrails around how students think and act. 
Um, and that strikes me as really dangerous. Let me get Josh Davis's reaction to this. We touched on this a little bit, Josh, just about kids not feeling like they can really be their true selves or maybe just the way that this technology has a regulating function that that I think Niku is touching on here. What are your yeah, thoughts I on mean, that? I think that can be a concern. I think for most of our students, at least, and I only know the students that I work with, um, it hasn't been so much that. It's more of um, kids know, hey, my teacher can see what I'm doing. I better not be off task is kind of the term we use. Um, we've already, it's been brought up lots of times. For the most part, if a kid wants to search something that's really off the wall, they use their phone for it. They, they're going to go ahead and use a non-school device just because they know which... I mean, that's another issue too. Like, do we want to force kids to a place that we can't see what's going on and help them? That's not good either. But, um, but we do our best um, to keep them kind of, you know, safe. And, um, but our teachers really use it as kind of like, hey, you, you're, you're, you're in math, let's work on math stuff, not whatever else it is you're working on is kind of the, the, the understanding our teachers have. Priya, ultimately, though, it's still an unanswered question in terms of the long-term impact of this kind of monitoring on kids. Where do you see this going? Do you see districts moving towards more and more of it? Well, I mean, certainly from the numbers alone, it seems more and more schools and school districts are signing up for this kind of technology, particularly because schools were already starting to put devices in kids' hands, you know, laptops, tablets, et cetera, to help them learn um, online. But the pandemic, of course, really accelerated that trend because kids were all learning remotely, um, or most were learning remotely, many were learning remotely. So I, it's hard to see how, how this trend reverses or where it ends, but it does seem that these companies are rapidly getting more and more business. Yes, you, you basically end with the point that you are seeing wider and wider adoption, and you're pretty convinced that it's here to stay. Priya. Yes, I think I think that's safe to say that this kind of technology is here to stay, especially because, I mean, we've heard how schools find this surveillance technology very helpful in the classroom itself as well. So now that remote learning, you know, is is less of a an issue and students are back in the classroom, teachers are finding this kind of technology even more helpful so they can make sure kids are on track and they can receive reports at the end of class about students' browsing history so they don't have to worry about yeah. hovering behind desks to check out what they're doing. And not a massive groundswell of opposition. Priya Anand's report for Bloomberg is called Big Teacher is Watching How AI Spyware Took Over Schools. Thanks so much, Priya. And thanks so much as well to Josh Davis, Instructional Technology Coach for Downey Unified School District. Forum is produced by Caroline Smith, Susan Britton, Judy Campbell, Ariana Prail, and Blanca Torres. Thanks. Have a great weekend. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence. 
June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.